Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. I am Shane Bacon. Hope you guys had a happy holidays. Um, hopefully you're not working this week. I know a lot of people have to work this week, but it feels like one of those weeks that if you have a cool boss or um, a late, maybe even a lazy boss, I don't really know which way to go there, but maybe they gave you a few days off or they just said, we'll see you back on whatever the second. So hopefully if you live in a warm weathered area, I'm in Arizona right now, you're going to play a little bit of golf. I played some golf, my golf game right now. Everybody is atrocious. I've got a lesson with my guy, Scott Sackett next week. So I'm hoping that he can fix something because my big golf trip of the year is in a week and a half and I'm making a lot of bogeys. My buddy, Matt Omer told me yesterday, well, that's the worst I've ever seen you play. And I was like, yeah, no, it's about, it's about right. So I'm hoping to God, I find something, uh, with Scott or whomever over the next few days. So I can at least get it in the hole and make a few birdies. Um, but it's been a struggle. It's been nice to get to play some golf. The weather's been incredible out here, uh, but it'd be nice if it was just a little bit better golf. That being said, here's how I know I'm maturing. I played golf yesterday, played bad. As I mentioned, Matt said I played awful, but it was one of the rounds of my year because A, the company was incredible. It was like some of my best friends in the world. It was a golf course I used to be a member at, Phoenix Country Club, got to see a whole bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, Paul and the whole crew there, who's awesome, Broge. I mean, everybody there uh, who you know I used to see once or twice a week and I haven't seen in two years. I got a chance to say hello and catch up. The course is fantastic. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I think it's a reminder that when you're young or if you care too much about the score, it can take away from the day. And I played tre treacherous golf and still had an unbelievable time and really enjoyed myself. So I feel like that's a sign I'm growing up a little bit. Maybe one of these days I'll become an adult. But that was a, a moment. I was thinking about that last night as I was reflecting on the day. Wow, I had a great day playing golf. And I played crummy golf. Those things didn't used to go together. It used to be one or the other. So um, nice, to, nice to see that improve. I uh, just wanted to shout out everybody that bought the Golfer's Zoo. You can buy it as well, back9press.com backslash bacon. You can buy my golf children's book if you haven't already. But if you bought it, you send in the pictures, anything on Twitter, Instagram, even DMs. Thanks so much for that. I love the pictures. I love seeing kids with the book. It's a big part of why I did it. And just want to say thanks for the support. Uh, this is a fun episode. Had Amanda Rose on, somebody I've been meaning to have on for a long time. Extremely entertaining. And I wanted to just pick apart the five things from the year that we'll remember going forward. And uh, obviously, that is a very loose question to be asked. So you could go a lot of different ways than we did. Uh, it was a really fun exercise to have. I'm big on the moments from the year, as you've seen this month with some of the podcasts. And at the end of the podcast, I broke down the golf shots that I've remembered basically from 2013 on, the one golf shot from every season that carries in my memory in terms of professional golf. So um, stay till the end. I hope you enjoy the episode. As I said, hope you guys had a happy holidays, a safe holidays. Um, and I hope you guys have a great new year as well. And if you're an adult, a reminder, you don't have to go out. You can stay home. You can order food. You can go out the night before or the night after. You don't have to have that planned meal that costs 250 bucks at the restaurant that you can go the next day and get a steak for $45. Remember, you don't have to go do stuff on the holiday on the actual holiday. That's not a rule. That's something we do. All right, let's get to the episode. All right, I'm here with Amanda Rose. I made Amanda stay up uh, most of the day, excited about the five things, random things, serious things, important things that we'll think about, I think, for years to come from 2022. Uh, one of the strangest years, somebody I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time. Uh, Amanda, I appreciate you uh, taking the time between the holidays. This is like the weirdest business time of the, of the entire year, by the way. 
from Christmas to New Year's Day. It really is. It's like time kind of ceases to exist. You don't know what day of the week it is. You're like, well, I mean, I could be productive, but like no <laughs> one's being productive right now. So it's just that weird time of the year when you're, you just don't know what day it is. I'm out in Arizona and I get a lot of 11 o'clock texts. Like, do you want to play at one? I'm like, so you're not working is what you're telling me. That, that's <laughs> what that's what you're stating. Um, Make sure you follow Amanda, by the way, on social media. One of the more entertaining people in all of social media golf, Amanda Rose 59. Uh, is Amanda where you can golf find, 59. Excuse me, Amanda Golf 59. Um, It would be helpful if I gave the right handle. There <laughs> you go. See, that shows how uh, how productive we are right now. Um, So yeah, so I tasked you and me with five things from 2022. And again, the point of this was just things you thought about, things you keep thinking about, um, things you will continue to think about into 23 and beyond. And uh, there was a lot of golf stuff. There was plenty of non-golf stuff that happened this year. And as the guest, I'd like you to kick it off. I didn't rank mine. I don't know if you went five to one. I just kind of listed mine as, as the five things. So why don't you get us going? What is something on your list from 2022 that continually stays in the brain? Yeah, so I, I also didn't really rank it. I just, they're just in the order of, of how they came to mind. But the first has to be Greg Norman versus Alan Shipnuck, nice. right? Like the first live event of the year, Alan shows up as a credentialed member of the media. Like he didn't sneak in, which I wouldn't put past Alan. Like I love Alan, but I wouldn't put it past him to sneak <laughs> in. Um, He was credentialed. And then the video with the big bouncer and Greg standing in the back, like with the face. And that's not like even all of it. Then Alan goes to text Greg. It was like, hmm, do you know anything about this? And Greg's like, no, I know nothing. And then Alan <laughs> sends in the picture and is like, really? That's odd. It was truly like one of those situations in life now with technology where you get caught in the lie and you're like, yeah. just like, what do you say? You know, you're like, you know what? You got me. I've got nothing to say here. It was one of those moments. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're behind me. Like you're, you're standing behind yeah. me with the most serious look on your face. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, it's what, quite a jumping off point for just all of the rivalries that Greg Norman faced in the yeah. 2022 season. But, you know, you think about Greg versus Rory and you think about Greg versus Jay, Greg versus the PGA Tour. I think that's a good point. I really feel like it kind of started with Greg versus Shipnuck. It, yeah, it did. And then that kind of just set the tone for like what was to be expected in terms of like what was going to be said and what could happen there. And it's just everything's just so controlled. It's like creepy. I don't know. Amanda, did you have a hard time as you were going through some of these things in your brain, remembering if it happened actually this year? Yes. Cause that was something I struggled with. Yeah. It was like, wait, that was this year. And not, <laughs> like, this like, is a moment like that. Ago. Right. Right. This yeah. feels like one of those moments that happened four seasons ago, you know? Yeah. But then also like, cause everything that happened really happened between like January and May or like right. the first week of June. And then everything else just was kind of like the headache or hangover of like everything leading up to live. And, but like everything that was like so exciting was like before that. And then it just, I don't know. It was like a weird season, like a tale of two seasons. I don't know. So I was listening to the shotgun start, you know, they do those great recap episodes. I think they do like nine or 10 of these things mm -hmm. and they really dive deep into like the silliness that was the year and the seriousness. And it was surprising to me as I was listening through those podcasts at how long it took live to kick off. And then to your point, yeah. how concentrated all of that stuff that felt like it was an entire season actually happened in two weeks or three weeks or a month. It wasn't four months, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of these kind of moments, especially some of the stuff I'm going to bring up in a moment, all of it happened in like a three or four week span. 
I know. And that's the crazy thing. Cause it was like everything kind of leading up to the U S open and then the U S open happens. Remember Brooks is like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't have any plans on going. And then the next day they called him and like, whatever <laughs> made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. And then the next thing, you know, he's out of the traveler's field. Like he was literally in Hartford from what I was told he was in Hartford and then withdrew. Cause he like accepted the deal. Like everything literally happened overnight and it just it was really hard to keep up with and tuesday like the worst day for golf content right it's like <laughs> you're still two days away from the kickoff of the week like you're a day removed from the day that's removed from the tournament so it's like a really awkward day and for whatever reason they would find these news dumps for tuesday and it was like you're just kind of scrambling to keep up so uh piggybacking on uh mr greg and um the moment with Shipnuck. One of my five things from 2022, I just wrote Phil, and uh, obviously I'll expand on Mr. Mickelson in terms of the just whole Phil. Phil thing. But, you know, I, I think about these things a lot. Like, what are we going to think about in five years? What are we going to remember from the season in five or 10 years? And almost always this is about golf. Like, what was the major win that we'll remember in five years or the major collapse or the golf shot in the major? You know, the Fitzpatrick bunker shot is one of those moments that we'll probably see revisited every time we think about clutch moments on the 72nd hole of a U.S. Open, and to think about Phil Mickelson coming off 2021, and yeah. I mean, having legitimately the moment of his career, I would I would say now, especially as we've, we've kind of been a year removed from it, Phil probably needed a moment. I mean, 04 was the moment that he finally won the major and the jump in the air. I mean, it's turned into his logo, and that was one of the great moments in Phil Mickelson's career, but really the thing to attach yourself to Never number one in the world, right? I mean, everybody's talked mm -hmm. about that. Ne you know, never never was the money leader at the end of the season, points leader, never won PGA Tour Player of the Year. This was his thing. 21 was his thing. He became the oldest major winner, and he did it against Brooks Kepka, and he did it at a golf course that shouldn't have fit Phil Mickelson's skill set. Mm -hmm. And all of that was going to be a big celebration in 22. And then to think about this 2022 season for Phil, starting with the Shipnuck stuff and, you know, mm -hmm. the bad motherfuckers comment, and really yeah. going from there – it was such a 180 for Phil Mickelson, and it was so unfortunate. I even go back to the Rory comments. I wrote those down about him not just skipping the Masters. I think it was the first time since 1994 that mm -hmm. he skipped the Masters. And then, he, of course, he didn't play in the PGA as a defending champion. And Rory said it's unfortunate, sad. This should have been a celebration. And it really felt like that, Amanda. Like, it felt like 2022 was going to be the year that for Phil Mickelson, he was going to go to these major championships and he was going to play with big names. And he was going to wave on the first tee. And no matter what happened, when or otherwise, it was going to be something special for Phil. And then he just doesn't play the first two majors, including the one he's defending and the one he's had the most success on. It was just such a strange year. And we don't have a lot of those strange years for golfers anymore, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. So you just said a little bit ago, like with, you know, I forgot that that was this year or whatever. Like I forgot the Phil comments were this year. Like you could tell me right. that was like during 2020 <laughs> and I would believe you. Like that feels so long ago. And, and to piggyback off your point, like, Phil since like around 2019 2020 since he like came on Twitter and started like being really good with the social media I feel like he had a resurgence like he was really getting like the love of the fans that he probably didn't always think he had or whatever because like obviously there's a lot of insecurities there and like he had this chance to you know like kind of 
really solidify his legacy. And then he goes and says that stuff and then goes and signs with Liv. And then we don't see him for half the year. And then he shows up again, like some guy's drunk uncle who like hasn't <laughs> shaved in three days. Like his hair is kind of greasy. He's like drinking the coffee. He's got the, you know, the aviators on. Like, and he had, remember, what was it? The blacked out Augusta yeah, logo? Changed that he vest through the first round. Yeah. Yeah, so he weird. wore it and then Sharpies it out. Like, what? <laughs> Just so many moves, Amanda. And and your point is so valid. You know, I, I remember I said, you know, Phil Mickelson's going to be like Fred Couples, right, at the Masters. He's going to play well into his 50s. He's probably going to have a run in his 50s, which he still could do, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we saw the game last year. It was one week out of the year. It was one top 10. I remember in 21, he dunked on me on Twitter when I brought that up. I mean, I said, <laughs> it was one week, one top 10 in the whole year, and it happened to be a major championship that he won. And he said, yeah, but I won. And I said, yo, you did. I mean, that was yours. That was your <laughs> week. But for Phil and the and the uncle thing and everything, it was just, it was bizarre. Yeah. And for Phil, it was the game started to deteriorate, and we saw that. And then he played Champions Tour, and he was dominant, as so many mm-hmm. of those great 50-year-olds are. I mean, they just go out there, and they win a lot when they're 50. And Phil won everything when he played on Champs Tour, and then he wins this major. And you kind of were expecting the Phil Mickelson with the social media and the matches mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff that wasn't how you were playing on the golf course was really going to matter for the next five, six, seven, ten years in Phil Mickelson's world. And for yeah. Phil Mickelson to turn in – you know, to the heel in golf. Like you, you said it, this guy was beloved. And even if Tiger was always more popular, Phil Mickelson had a massive following. This was a beloved guy. And I never, ever would have thought that Phil was going to be wearing the heel hat. And it took what, three months. And all of a sudden that was the hat he was wearing. Yeah. That, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. It's like just all the live stuff kind of, I don't know, just brings out the crazy in everyone. So it's, I mean, basically the whole point of 2022 in this exercise was a lot of the weird stuff we're going to talk about was live adjacent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if if not, if not right in the front of our faces. But my first one was Phil, you went Norman Shipnuck, where are you going next? Yeah, I'm going to keep up with the live stuff here. But I I just got to say, like, everyone says, oh, well, like, you, all you do is talk about it. All you guys do is talk about it. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Like, if we ignore it, like, you can't ignore it one there's not as much to talk about and two it's just you like you can't not look at it it's like a car wreck that you just gotta it's gotta be a day, gaper delay like you gotta slow down and watch it and, and, and especially especially when you look back on it I mean I spe- I think especially in these exercises where you're really looking back on this season because and we'll get to these there were some unbelievable golf moments I mean you think about early in the season again feeling like five years ago and the Scotty Scheffler run I mean as good a golf as we've seen a young player play since Jordan basically and for him to win that much and to win a major championship it was incredible and that was great golf right and there was great golf that happened on both tours on multiple tours LPGA we saw excellent stuff as well but that live shadow was going to hang over the season no matter what we tried to do to make an exit yeah, and so my next one, like I said, was also going to be Liv. It, it was Bryson in the in the rope incident. Like, oh, nice. I didn't even think about playing it that. Just, it was just so Great ridiculous call. and so Bryson. Because first of all, like, he's not <laughs> paying rope. attention as he's going under a rope. Like, if I'm going under a rope or if, I, if there's something that could potentially hit me in the face, like, I usually have my hands out. Like, I'm trying to protect myself, right? If I'm playing with the dog, like, you know, you got to get the hands up, play with the cat, get the hands up. Like, if you're going under a rope, you put your hands up and he does it in the hat. It gets caught under the bill of the cap, pulls him back. Like he just does a just slingshots backwards. And his immediate reaction is to go, oh, my God, what the F, guys? And then someone's like, are you OK? And no. And then <laughs> silence for a little bit. 
And then he goes, I can't see out of my right eye right now. And then, and then his caddy goes to hand him the towel and he like snatches the towel away. Like it was just such a Bryson moment. And the rose ropes, like those were prickly. Like, I don't want to touch them with my hand. So like, I'm not saying that it was not incredibly painful. I'm just saying that the stuff that led up to it was really stupid. And it was a very easily preventable injury there for Bryson. If it happens to 99.9% of professional golf, we laugh at the video and we never think about it again. The fact yeah. that it happened to Bryson, like the one person yeah. that you could turn this into memes and to laugh about and other professional athletes could bring it up. I think it was it Josh Allen, right? That said something yeah. about the rope. Did I mean, doing it, did I do it right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Zinger and Hicks brought it up multiple times during the tour <laughs> championship or excuse me, during the president's cup when Davis yeah. Love was going under the ropes. Yeah. I mean, if it had, again, if it happened to anybody else, I'm so bummed I didn't put this on my list. It's a great call by you Thank to you. remember Bryson and the rope. And again, I think from this point forward, and kind of going back to this exercise, anytime you see someone going under the rope, someone's going to yell Bryson or watch out Bryson or be careful yeah. Bryson at a fan. Anytime this ever happens to anybody else, or if you yeah. do it, or if a friend does it, Bryson's name will be brought up. So Bryson and ropes will be synonymous with each other going forward in golf history. They really will. And also like a little bit of an honorable mention here to every time <laughs> on the broadcast that they have like sneakily just thrown shade at Liv. Like anytime that they have just like, like right with the rope, like just kind of sneaking, not directly saying it, but sneaking it in there. And I also should add before I let you get, go on. Um, did you notice that the PGA tours video for um, like their video catchphrase going into the century is the best golf is played here. And I don't know if that's going to be like their seasonal slogan. And if it ends up being the seasonal slogan, the best golf is played here, I will die. Listen, as long as it's not live under par, I think we're improved. As <laughs> long as what? live under par that is out the back door. This time. <laughs> I'm going to continue with the ridiculousness here in terms of things I'm going to remember from this year. Um, I think uh, let's just call it the rope moment that lasted multiple weeks uh, for a one Taylor Gooch. I didn't know a ton about oh, Taylor yeah. Gooch, Amanda. Like I knew who he was. I followed him. I rooted for him. Max was buddies with him and he would say how good he was on the podcast. And I was always very impressed by that. And we'd see him rise in the world rankings he had a three-week stretch that I had a hard time shaking. If you remember, he he jumped to live, but then he said he didn't realize that yeah. he couldn't go back to the tour. I think his quote was, historically, the tour has not done that, suspended players indefinitely. So based on the history, that was my expectation, he said, when asked why he decided to join live in the future. And then, of course, after the Portland event, which yeah. got dunked on by basically everybody that has ever played in one of these events before, he said, I haven't played a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, but can't imagine there's a whole hell of a lot different. Now, again, he was talking about live Portland versus the Ryder Cup or President's Cup, which are, as you see with these young players, the one thing they truly get up for. I mean, they want to win majors, but that's their job. I feel like in terms of combining fun and competition for professional athletes, Ryder Cups and President's Cups are like the pinnacle of that. And the fact that he said Live Portland was basically, you know, on the, and he actually kind of just stepped it back later. I feel like he said something like, I was on a bit of a high. I think our team had just yeah. won the Live event. But the whole comparing that to a Ryder Cup or President's Cup and not really knowing the rules. I would also urge Taylor Gooch, like, just communicate with the agent a little more, like just a little yeah. more communication. Hey, what's what happens if this doesn't work out? You know, what are they going to do to me if, if I do join this? Like just open lines, open lines going forward might help yeah. your situation out a bit.
That's a great call. I kind of forgot about all of the Taylor Gooch stuff. So like you were, you were excited about the Bryson thing. I'm excited about the Gooch thing, but also the crazy thing about Taylor Gooch was he's been playing so well. Like Correct. he won the RSM last year. He's been in contention. Like he was, I think like top 10 in FedEx cup points halfway through the season. Like he was in a really good spot. And actually in dimension, he was in a good spot FedEx cup wise. Um, Matt Wolf, you know how he kind of left and was like, oh, he sucks. You know, he's not very good. That's why he's leaving. He was 70th in FedEx Cup rankings, having not played for like three or four months right before they did like the projected versus actual standing. Right, right, so right. that's another guy that's like, what well, you're not at, you were about to make a lot of money this year. Like, why did you have to jump to something stupid? Like, just stupid. The one thing about Liv that I've tried to, I've tried to stay centered on is, if you want to go, that's fine. If you don't want to go, that's fine. It's your decision, right? But at the end of the day, I don't want you to project stuff on the other tour or try to kind of like say exactly. this is the wrong call or that's the wrong call. Like the Matt Wolf thing, the Taylor Gooch thing, that's fine. But to sit there and say, A, you didn't quite understand the rules was silly. And I mean, when you think about the Taylor Gooch comments, like these are potential comments that jeopardized Taylor Gooch's opportunities for the rest of his life yeah. to make a President's Cup team or Ryder Cup team because – those will follow him around for a long time. And these captains read this stuff and they don't forget it. And also all these captains are the old school golfers. Think about what Fred Couples said about the live golfers. Think about oh God, some of the comments from Davis Love. Like these guys aren't going to be opening their arms up to the live golfers, even if in a year or two years or five years, there is some compromise where everybody That's comes together. So just in the future, young people, don't compare stuff to the Ryder Cup or President's Cup. Even if you think it makes sense, like let's just leave yeah. that off. Just it's probably best to, to avoid it. Probably best to avoid it. So the next one is one that's very near and dear to my heart. It was Adam Scott's camel colored sweater. <laughs> so he wears it the first, like the week of the Genesis, right? I mean, hold on. I almost put Adam Scott clothing, but I knew you'd Did probably you? take it. I, I listen, I knew you'd take it. I, I just thought I said, listen, it's going to be brought You're up so at some kind. point in this conversation. So I should probably step back. Your face that when I started saying it, you had to like look away and oh, compose yourself. So that happy. I'm just, I'm just so, I'm so thrilled you brought it up. Listen, You're so I was kind just, to do I was that. Just, I was just, I was just you. trusting in you to do it. So Thank there you, you go. Right. So, so we see him at like the Genesis and he wears the same shirt from Monday to Sunday. And then the next day, the next, that following Monday, he had like a junior clinic where he also wore the sweater. And I found out from one of my Aussie writer buddies, I said, can you please ask Adam how many sweaters he has? And he goes, it's just <laughs> the same sweater. And I was like, he's been wearing the same sweater all week. And he's like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's not gross. It's not touching his skin. And I'm like, smell still permeates. Right, like, right. even if it's 50 degrees outside and you're playing golf, like your armpits are probably going to smell if you are a yes. boy. I mean, like, you're, that's you're, how you're, you're in this, you're in the sweater for like seven yeah. hours a day, if not longer. Yeah. And then he like, didn't he end up, didn't he wear it like more for like more tournaments? He wore it. And then like a few weeks later, when I was on the range at, um, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, he walks by and he wasn't in that sweater. And I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, he finally gave it up. But let me just add the, the best part about the whole Adam Scott, like, it's not just the sweater that's bad. It's like all of the clothes are bad. But he like, apparently he thinks it's funny that like we get so heated, right. like I don't know if it's me in particular he sees it as like, that's pretty funny. Like, let's just keep pissing it off. Obviously I'm kidding, but it's like, he likes it. So he keeps like instigating it, but he's just so beautiful. And, but he just dresses like he got dressed in the dark at a zoo. He lost me this year. Cause he went white socks with, I believe it was like either a full beige outfit or it was like 
black pants, black shoes. Have you seen him with his red socks? He wears the bright red socks constantly too. So I'm surprised he even has white socks. It's like, it's like Christmas Eve socks. He just wears them every day. Every day is Christmas because you know what? He's from the Southern hemisphere. He's not used to the white Christmas, very near and dear to his heart when he's in the Northern hemisphere. So whole thing um i want to i want i'm going to deviate real quick because i had a conversation with a friend of mine a few weeks ago about the mount rushmore of like the most attractive male golfers of all time mm. and obviously adam scott would make the list i i put arnie on there i think couples is kind of a shoe in and then they threw tiger I, I feel like that would be probably your four most popular picks are we missing anyone here and and listen you've kind of got to go star like i don't want you to pick the 212th ranked player in the world that's really hot like that doesn't count it's got to be someone that's like one event that we've seen for years i like don't even now as an adult like looking back on fred couples from like the 70s and 80s <laughs> 90s like i he doesn't do it for me like looking at george clooney now as an adult i get it as a kid <laughs> i didn't get it i still don't get the fred thing i think tiger's very handsome but i don't know if i put him up there arnie arnie was like very attractive yes extremely uh, attractive player man. attractive but insane and like three foot tall so we're gonna <laughs> nix that um you know i would i would have thrown like alvaro kiros but you said like no like random people in yeah there. i mean i mean listen listen very good looking guy but again i don't think he makes like the mount rushmore and it's presidents right i mean those, yeah. are, those are presidents so i feel like you'd have to put people up there that are yeah. in theory presidential in terms of the golf space so i would put actually um Two people now that are commentators or working golf, I would say um, Nick Doherty and Trevor Immelman. But now Trev hasn't aged as well as I had hoped. Wow. Um, but shots fired. they're both very attractive. People. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, listen, Trevor won the Masters. I mean, he, he he's <laughs> listen, if, if it's a spot available, I think we could put him in there. And I mean, now he's going to be lead, lead at CBS, you know, like, I mean, his profile's mm -hmm. growing. So, um, mm -hmm. seen him in person, very handsome man there. That's yeah. a great conversation to have anybody out there. That's bored around new year's Eve. There you go. Bring up the Mount Rushmore of attractive male golfers and, uh, yeah. and you can dive in. So my next one on the list, and this is the first one I think we've really got into in terms of the golf, um, the open. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember the open. I'm going to remember every open at St. Andrews. Um, you know, obviously I have a personal history at St. Andrews the whole week for me, you know, being there you know, staying close to the golf course, working. There was a moment I remember I was doing live from and the backdrop was, you know, 18. And I mean, I remember in 06 when I'm caddying and walking up there, you know, once or yeah. twice a day to now wearing a suit and sitting next to like Jaime Diaz mm -hmm. and Mark Rolfing. So personally, a very special week. I would literally walk across the old course with my backpack on to go do my digital broadcasting duties during the week and walk back. So it was very surreal. I was talking to a couple of buddies about it yesterday. And then, and, and bear with me here, Amanda, but in no particular order of the week, uh, Homa is paired with Tiger for the yeah. first time in his life, and it's at the Open Championship at St. Andrews. So mm -hmm. uh, that was cool in just terms of a buddy getting to do something incredibly special. Uh, Tiger being there, the Tiger double at one. Rory, more Rory. Rory's going to win. I can't believe Rory's going to win his first major since 2014, and it's going to happen at mm -hmm. St. Andrews after this bananas year. What a fairy tale moment. And then it was, oh, wait, this is actually real life. This isn't a fairy tale, and in fairy tales, you kind of got to got to hit the shot, and then Cam hits the putt on 17 when it looks like he's gonna make bogey, and he saves par, which was so wild. Um, the underrated moment: Cam Young making the eagle on 18. Yeah. Uh, the penultimate group shot 64-65. Yeah. Um, and Cam kind of cementing himself as the best golfer in the world, in my opinion, at the time, especially. It was a wild week. I think Rory kind of consumed a lot of the oxygen for about three and a half mm -hmm. days 
as he should. So. Um, and then Cam kind of doing what he did late to, to take it home and playing the way he did over those last 10 holes. You have to win these things, you know, even the collapses, even the famous collapses in golf. When Norman mm-hmm. collapsed in 96, Faldo shot 67. Like, you have to play golf when people don't bring their A game that day. And somebody typically plays great golf when they need to. And for Cam to be that guy and to do what he did and put on that show. But just the old course, you know, another great open at St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. I will remember that for a long, long time. And that was really special for you. So I'm I'm glad you got to experience that. But real quick, one thing I will say that will always probably stick out to me from um, the Open was like, I loved Cam Smith. And I used loved in the past tense for a very specific reason. Now, <laughs> like you, if you guys, you know, people follow me on Twitter. No, I was so excited when, when he won the players. Like, I, I won a lot of money on him last year. I, or two seasons ago, this previous season, I went a little bit, but not as much. And like, I love Cam Smith. So we get that really exciting. I was like, oh my God, Cam Smith, he finally got his major. This is so exciting. He won the players. And then like 20 minutes later, he gives the press conference and they're like, are you going to live? And he's like, I think that's a pretty not great question uh, right now. So first of all, that's not a sentence. So that pissed me off. Second of all, like <laughs> way to like, take the air out of like, uh, right? Like just, you're just, you, you, he literally was a balloon and someone just let go of the balloon. You're like, okay. Bye, have fun. Like it was that was so disappointing, and I just was enraged. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he he knows he was going to get asked about it. Obviously, I mean, you know, you know, you're going to get live questions in these moments. Um, you probably have talked to teams and agents and stuff about what you should say. Um, I'm assuming, and it seemed like a moment where he got caught off guard. To your point, uh, not really a sentence that he responded with, um, and uh, and just tried to deflect it. I think the moment that came out of his mouth, Amanda, we all were like, all right, this dude's going. It's fine. I mean, it's a bummer, but. I mean, that's the decision he's going to make, and that's where he's going to go. But I think in terms of the year, the way he played, the big events, yeah. showing up, winning kind of in two different ways at two big events. Like one yeah. week he's putting out of his mind. The next week mm-hmm. he's like the best driver in the world and the I best know. iron player in the world. To win with different arsenals is always a good sign of somebody that's elite, elite, elite. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's been moments in year. there's been weeks where Rory led the field in putting. You know, there's been weeks where Dustin's mm-hmm. led the field in putting and won. And when those things happen and you don't hit the ball as good as you're hoping to hit it um, and you can still lean on other parts of your game, that's when you know things are quite special. So um, the open week, I mean, I rode a Peloton next to Jordan Spieth that week. Um, that was, cool. you know, it was just, I mean, everywhere you go. I mean, I played a lot of golf with some of my golf buddies out there. It's just Getting to go over there and do and cover those majors. That was the first open I'd ever covered. So, I mean, to get to do it at St. Andrews was very special. All right, you're up. You're up next. So, we're moving away from live stuff. Um, Will Zalatoris, he finally wins. And then the next week, he's injured. And then immediately yeah, gets good, injured. Good point. So, we go from, like, will he, won't he? Is he going to, like, finally win? He wins. It was so exciting. His putter, like, came in clutch. And then he gets injured yeah. on like Wednesday and, and, and misses the president misses the president's cup. Like we were going to get a chance to see him in those team events. Yeah. It's a great point. It's fi- finally gets the victory. Doesn't it play off kind of cool to see it. He made some big putts and some big moments late. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, are we going to have a, like a late season run from this guy? And maybe he does what Scotty did earlier in the season. And then he's injured WD by and see you next year. It was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. That was, and that was tough. I mean, there's not much really more to say about that, but in like, it was exciting because he's, he's been so good since he came out on tour and hasn't really done anything to make us think that he's not going to be around for a while. You know, he just kind of like struggled getting there with that first win, but like he did it and it was, it was just so exciting. And then it was just kind of like a letdown and a bummer. Cause he easily, you know, it would have been cool to see if he could have won the FedEx cup and then to see how he would have done the president's cup. But 
Um, I think this season, like I know he's going to Hawaii in a week or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays next week. I'm glad you brought Zalatoris up because when you look back on this year, I've kind of talked about the era of the one-time major winners. So when you kind of look mm. basically after that 06 run into let's call it 2019 ish 2018 there are so many one-time major winners across the board right guys like justin rose and sergio garcia which are great players that have had great careers yet you know they've quote unquote only won one major i mean jimmy walker and patrick reed the list goes on and on and on yeah. and i feel like we're actually transitioning a bit now and i'm, I'm calling it the scheffler syndrome just because it sounds pretty but what we saw from scotty scheffler as a young player to come early into the season and to have this type of run that Scotty had where he, what he wins like four times in nine weeks or whatever, including a major championship. It's that game matches, the confidence matches, the scar tissue isn't there. And the short game is incredible. And I feel like we had that from Scotty Scheffler early and we got a bit of that from Will Zalatoris late. And we saw a little of that last year on the LPGA. You know, you think about Nelly Corda coming in so hot early in the season, Jin Young Ko playing so well late in the season, where these young players are kind of catching fire and picking up a whole bunch of wins at the same time. And then it's not as easy to do it late in the year. I'm wondering if we've run into that a bit with Colin Morikawa and what he's done in the majors, where Colin Morikawa wins two majors in consecutive years and then kind of had a bit of an off year. And then it's only going to get harder to do those types of things once you see the other side of it. You know, once you see that it's not so easy and you can struggle with your golf game and the ball's not cutting with your irons. So I feel like for Scheffler, we got a little of that like Nelly Corda the year before. And late in the season, it was kind of Zalatoris taking the Jin Young coat role there. And for him to get hurt and to kind of fall off was a bit of a bummer. But I, I can only imagine next year we'll see if he can kind of continue that run and keep it up. Uh, my next one is not serious, Amanda, but there's become a, a jogger mistake happening in pro golf. Now, I'm pro jogger. I wear a lot of joggers. I'm 39 years old. I'm going to wear them through 40. I don't care. They're comfortable. I like them. I like sneakers. I like low-top sneakers. They look good with those shoes. The issue with the jogger mistake is joggers are becoming more popular. Players are wearing the wrong outfit with the jogger, Amanda. We're yeah. seeing so many of the dress shoe with the jogger, like yeah. Philip Knowles did this on the KFT early, early in the season. I think Justin Thomas did it a yeah. couple of times. He where he wear, that's like, always the, how he does the it. Yeah. Really nice, like classic foot joy shoes mm -hmm. with the joggers. It's just, listen, if you're wearing the joggers, awesome. I'm, I'm all for it. I want you to rock them, but I feel like you kind of got to go a little athletic with the jogger look. If you're going to pull off the whole ensemble, that's my take. No, I agree. I remember like Eric Van Royen was kind of like the first one to really start doing it and he's tall and he's fit. So like, it looked great. JT's a little shorter, so it's kind of like a little awkward on him. And actually, I can't. I I want to say Rory's worn him before, but like I only Rory's think also once. Short. Almost feel like once or twice though. Like I feel like he yeah. did it once. He dabbled because you know, remember Rory did the flat bill a few years ago. Like it looked like he was gonna yeah. go with like the real DJ flat bill. Yeah, look, but his head's too small. Yeah, yeah, he did. Like, that there's quickly. no way he can wear the hats. He's like a tiny little pea head. <laughs> but I think like Ricky Fowler's done the joggers, but he's done them with like. It's uh, athletic. Like almost like Air Force One shoes, and it yeah. looks weird. Or maybe I'm thinking of like Tony <laughs> Fee now, but like someone kind of does, you know, like that so, style. It sounds shoe. like you're anti jogger, is what it sounds like. It sounds like I you're like not a it, big but jogger. It has to be done by the, like, you have to do it correctly. You know who hasn't done the jogger that would probably really rock it well is DJ. Like, yeah, I could see DJ getting into the jogger world. No, DJ would actually be great in jogger. Like, I think he would 100% look amazing. But again, it's it's the it's the match. It's the matching the pant 
and the right shoe. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to, it's almost like the mullet, right? I mean, it's, it's, if it's going to, if you're going to go business, go business. If you're going to look super dapper and professional, like JT looks week to week, go that way. It looks great on yeah. you. But if you're going to go jogger, let's maybe introduce a few tennis shoes into what you're wearing. That's, I just, I just think it improves the look a little bit. I agree. All right. Are you ready for my final one? I'm so excited. Are you sure? Okay. So once upon a time in um, Valencia, Spain, was okay. born a man or a baby at the time named Sergio Garcia. Okay. This year in the month of May, um, Sergio was in the state of Maryland and decided to flip the f, f out because it took him too long to find his golf ball. In which oh, yeah. he proceeds to start going, I cannot wait to leave this tour. I can't wait to get out of here. In two weeks, my friend, I'll be gone. In just a couple more weeks, I won't deal with you anymore. What do you want me to do? Swim across the river? He got a. Uh, he got. He got really touchy with the rules official. He was not yeah. happy with what was the ruling. Apparently, the ruling was wrong. But I, I mean, know. if we've seen, we've seen a lot of signs, Amanda, of of Sergio get a little yeah. testy. The one, again, this kind of goes back to the live thing that I'd mentioned earlier is I, again, don't really care what you do. I want to see right. a lot of the best players play at the same time. So however yeah. we can make that happen, I'm into it. But to say that you, to make it seem like you were like struggling paycheck to paycheck on the PGA tour was one of the wildest, weirdest parts ever. And to act like you don't get favorable rulings from PGA tour rules officials happens all the time. So to sit there and berate someone for not getting the perfect drop, it's not like they're out there slapping your wrist or they're hockey officials. Like they let people, they, they let the, the players get away with almost everything. Right. So yeah. I don't even know what he's bringing up or what he's talking about, but yeah, there was, there was a little crack from, from Sergio there, wasn't there? There was, but the, like, the thing was, cause I don't think we knew officially at the time that he was going to live or even if he was like on the radar, like, I don't remember let if he us was know. one of the rumored people. <laughs> so he like basically confirmed it for us like two, three weeks before the first event. And we're all like, wait a second. <laughs> He broke, he broke the news by getting yeah. mad at a rules official. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he might as well have ended it with, I'm going to live. Yeah, but like, I, it would have been amazing if it was Slugger White giving him the ruling. Right. Or did Slugger, <laughs> did Slugger retire this year or last year? Yeah, like, did he, he went to live, right? He retired and last yeah, year. Yeah, and then, then he shows live. up at live, and I'm like, wait a second. What? Wait, and Sergio's like, wait a minute. This is, this, is the, this is the guy I wasn't happy with. Now he's here yeah, too. I can't get exactly. away from anybody. What am I going to do? Um, Great, great one. So many of those types of moments that happen in the year, and I think that was a part of the exercise. I wanted to finish mine with something that I, I think about a lot, I've talked about a lot, and it's the golf shots each year that I think about the most. And it's the golf Ooh. shots that I probably think about four, five, six, seven years longer. And Amanda, I actually made a list. I went back to 2013. Oh. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name these. You can tell me if you remember them, if, if you don't remember them, if you had a comment on them or whatever. So we're starting at 2013. Stacey Lewis, the approach into the road hole when she won the Open. Yes. Like one of the most baller approach shots ever. She made birdie on 17 and 18. But the shot into 17, into the road hole, she had like 20 feet with, I, I think it was like her driving iron. Yeah. I will never forget that golf shot. It is burned in my memory. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Like I remember it after. I think I was at like, I, I remember getting gas like as they were like playing because I had it playing on like the serious radio or something. And I remember like I was at the gas station getting gas and they're like, Stacey Lewis with the approach. Like I vaguely remember that. I didn't oh, it was see it. Epic, it epic, epic. So sweet. 2014, um, Bubba's tee shot on 13, Sunday at Augusta. If you remember, he hit it. He didn't love it. He was kind of staring at it. The announcers were kind of questioning it. 
he carried the corner. He had like flip wedge into 13. If you remember, it was the wildest line ever hit on 13. We're probably not going to see that line again, ever again, but it was, it was one, probably one of the reasons that we are seeing changes at this golf course was the tee shot that Bubba hit there in 2014. Again, I think he, he legitimately hit wedge in there. Uh, 2015, I've talked about this 100 times, a speed putt at 16 uh, on Sunday at St. Andrews. I actually talked to Spieth. This was the Peloton day. I talked to Spieth about the putt. He said it was the most nervous he ever was in golf, walking to 17T after making the putt on 16. Um, I will, I mean... He was like 21 years old and he makes this 30 footer when he has to make it to have a chance at winning three straight and have a real chance at the grand slam. That was wild. Um, 2016 speaking of speed and these are not all good. I think it was the second shot that he hit on 12, the chunk wedge in the pond, the meltdown, you know, I think we're, we're melting down here, Michael, that one is a hard one to forget. Amanda, the, the just dead chunk. You listen, people hit it in the water on 12. It happens. It happens to leaders. It happens to great players. But the second one in the water uh, was it happened so fast, but I will I will never forget the moment. It was it was just a really tough moment for golf people. Yeah, that was painful. I yeah, and then Danny Willett just kind of cruised to the win. Sixty seven, man. I'm telling you, it's the sixty sevens. When people play bad, if you shoot sixty seven, you're going to win the Masters. Yeah. Um, twenty seventeen. Uh, also, Spieth, the bunker shot at the Travelers, like. You know, I mean, yeah, but that was the chest bump year, right? Chest bump year, the rake. I mean, that was epic. I was watching that at a hotel in Scotland on our night before we flew home and the internet went out like right before we made it. And then it popped back up. We're like, what the hell happened here? You know? And so, um, that was fun. Uh, 2018 again, this is, this is one that's not a positive. The Rory Eagle putt on two. I remember he starts today. I think he was two back a read. I think Reed bogeyed yeah. one, you know, and, and then if he, he was like tied, he might've been tied for the lead going to two stuffs it on two has five feet for Eagle misses that who knows what the hell happens if that puck goes in um, 2019 tiger T shot on 16, obviously almost makes a hole in one goes on to win the masters 2020, the Morikawa T shot at Harding park on his way to mm. making an Eagle. Remember that the cut yeah. awesome. Epic makes Eagle there wins the major uh, 2021, the year of Bryson T shot on six at Bay Hill. Probably the most watched yes. shot of the year. We all talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he took the line. It was very cool to see. That was like peak Bryson, by the way. Peak yeah. Bryson popularity. Everybody loved Bryson. So I ask you, after all of that, after all that talking, what do you think my shot is of 2022? So I'm trying to remember in my brain if Jordan on the cliff was last year or this year. Because if it's you know this what? year, is that is it? You know what? Was it this year? Congratulations. I'm very proud of you. I was waiting. Get a I lot to remember to pick this from year or last year. Thousands, thousands upon thousands of golf shots you could have picked from. You could have picked Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open. You could have picked a putt cam hit on the road hole. You could have picked any of Scotty Scheffler's shots like the pitch in and three at the Masters Fair. when it looked like he might it might get a little tighter and you won you picked the correct one speed on eight at pebble um, i couldn't remember if it was this year or not but it, it feels like three years ago it was it was so it, again it was it was in the middle of all the chaos and this was a golf tournament it was the most popular yeah. golf tournament but speed was there if you remember after he said i'm not sure i'm, I'm not really sure what's going to happen there when i have to explain it to my wife i just saw the blimp shot from overhead and it really bothered me so i can't yeah. imagine while she was watching that live, he said, so yeah, I mean, my parents are here. So not only do I have to explain it to my wife, I've got to explain it to my mom and my dad. I urge everybody out there that's listening to this podcast to go look at the blimp shot. I think CBS golf posted it oh. on Twitter. It is 
truly scary to watch. It is very scary to watch. If ropes were allowed, not Bryson ropes, but if ropes were allowed, I would have liked Greller to tie it around his waist and just a hold to make sure he was good because we can't lose Jordan's speed. But that was not only one of the scariest shots, but in terms of shots, I will remember, Amanda, I will never forget Jordan Spieth on the cliff on the eighth of Pebble Beach. And I'm proud of you for knowing that was the one I was thinking about. You know, I, you know, it was just early on. I had a feeling. I just, I don't know what it feels like the 2021 season. Like it genuinely feels so long. Granted, it's almost a year ago at this point, but it just feels like so long ago that it's like, that was this year. That was this season. So wild. That, there was a, actually a couple things in this that I had to go back and make sure they were this year too. Yeah, right? and like that was one of them. I was like, okay, 2022, we're good. This is going to make the list. But the speed one, I won't forget. Plenty of those on the list. I won't forget. Um, Good list, by the way. I feel like yours was an eclectic list. It was a fun exercise. I tried to get this in before the end of the year because, of course, as you said, we literally are in Hawaii in like eight days for the start of the tour. So uh, you kind of got to get in the wraps when you can. But uh, appreciate the time. It's been a long time for us to get to do this. A reminder, you can follow Amanda on social media at Amanda Golf 59. Got it right this time. Um, And then we'll be seeing you out and about and commenting and tweeting and uh, doing any and all and everything like that and gambling picks as well, right? Yeah, gambling picks, lots of gambling picks, especially over on Twitch. I do those weekly over there on Twitch. Same user. What is what is the approach to the golf gambling like data? Are you is it multiple things? Is it data based? Is it tournament based or tournament specific? Is it playing well going into it? Like what is more all of it? Is it okay? Okay. It's all because depending on where you are, like there's certain courses where you're like, okay, there's five other courses that correlate here. These are the guys that play really well. Like you look at the course breakdown and like the two or three or four most important stats. Like you just go through and look for the guys with those stats, whether going into it and then look at it in the past. So it's a lot of going through and seeing who's played here in the past. How are they playing now? Um, well, how does it correlate with the, with the stats like approaches or fairways hit, especially on a course where it's like significantly lower or higher than the PJ tour average, you really have to pay attention to that stuff. So, but it does get tricky, you know, like when you go to weeks like Sony, like that's a really low scoring event. Like the greens are kind of tiny. It's like one of those events where it's just going to be a putt out. So that's a little bit harder to figure out, but weeks like the players or, the US Open. I'm sure Farmers is probably like that, like a yeah. tough golf course. And, you know, there's five guys that are always kind of around the hunt, like same mm-hmm. five names you see almost each and every year. You can kind of lean into them and then find exactly. players that almost fit that that mold. I, I'm fascinated by like the gambling experts in golf because I do feel like there's such an edge. Like if you really know what you're talking yeah. about and diving into it. And uh, I'm not going to ever get into the world, but I'm fascinated by it. I'm going to try to pay a little bit more attention in 23 because I think it helps like just preparing for the week in terms of broadcasting or writing about it or podcasting about it is, you know, who yeah. am I need to, who do I need to pay attention to on Thursday and Friday? Because these people typically play well on these types of golf courses. Yeah. So uh, fascinating. You said that stuff's on Twitch, right? Same username. Yeah. Same username. And and the thing is like, I, I appreciate you saying expert, but I am not included in uh, that conversation. So like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like <laughs> anyone can do it. it. It literally is just looking for patterns of like available information. Uh, That is Amanda Rose. Thank you so much for the time. That is the five things from 2022 that we're going to remember. There were plenty more that we'll probably remember, but those are the ones that stood out, the fun, the weird, the serious, and otherwise. And let's all pray that 2023 is at least slightly calmer than 2022 Mm -hmm. so we can enjoy a little more of the golf. Let's do this next year at the same time, and hopefully there's more golf stuff on the list and maybe a little less of the complete live zaniness, but I'm sure that'll be included as well. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for having me.
All right, a big thanks to Amanda for joining me. A big thanks to you all for uh, continuing to listen and support. Uh, 2023 is going to be a big year here at the Get a Grip podcast, so make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, uh, your golf buddies, your sports buddies, family members, whomever you think might be interested in this. And we're going to go a lot of different ways with the podcast moving forward, and there are going to be a lot more episodes and a lot more consistency on this channel. So stay tuned. Have a great new year. Excited for 23.